1: Steelers fans, it is time once again for another episode of Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. I'm the podcast producer at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And the most knowledgeable guy in Pittsburgh Steelers blogosphere in podcasting is right next to me. Well, through my speakers, his name is KT Smith. Coach, what's going on, my man?
0: Brian Anthony Davis, how are you? We are. We're into the NFL season and the Steelers are
1: undefeated. How's that? Yeah, I I'm gonna take that every single time. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care how the cake's made. As long as it no. tastes good. Exactly. Loaded up with all sorts
0: of nastiness. I don't care. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, that that win against Cincinnati was loaded up with all sorts of nastiness, and and in the end, it all it tasted good.
1: A reminder: you're gonna find all. Oh your information about the Pittsburgh Steelers, whether it's an injury report, whether they're signing a player, just like we had this week with the injury to TJ Watt trying to figure out what was going on there. You knew here first from BTSC, so make sure you check it out. If you didn't check out Let's Ride this morning with Jeff Hartman, it was phenomenal. Good stuff. And last night we had an episode of The Preview. What Ian's talking about debuted yesterday. You could go back anywhere you download your favorite podcast and check all of those out but right now you're here with us and we're gonna give you a pregame show but first we got to talk about what you just said Kevin about that good taste and cake in the Cincinnati Bengals what was the shock factor for you in that game or did it get to the point where you were like yeah we had it all along well
0: I think the shock factor for me was just how effective Pittsburgh was playing zone defense against Cincinnati and, and really making Joe Burrow look like uh, an inexperienced, confused quarterback. I, this, I I thought as I I rewatched the game, you know, you watch it in in real time and then, you know, you're kind of a, a little bit of a fan and then you watch it again, more as the analyst when you're, when you're writing for the site or breaking stuff down and, and, as I watched it live, I thought, man, the Steelers must really be mixing their coverages and throwing a whole bunch of different looks at, at Burrow because because he looks confused and, and he's has he's just not seeing the field well. And but then I went back and I rewatched it and I was like, they played a ton of zone and and they didn't do anything really too elaborate. They mixed their coverages a little bit, but it wouldn't be it wasn't like uh, they they needed the entire summer to prepare because their scheme wasn't exceptionally complicated. When when I think about Minka Fitzpatrick's pick six, that was straight cover two zone, straight cover two. And Cincinnati ran a cover two beater, a corner route, uh, which everybody in the world from, you know, the high school level and up runs against cover two. And, and Minka just, just read it and picked it. Uh, I mean, it was, it was, there was nothing fancy about it. It was just a really good, really good play by, by Fitzpatrick recognizing and jumping the route and then taking it to the house. So I think, I think that's the thing that really leapt out at me. I was like, "Wow, the Steelers are playing fabulous zone coverage," which was encouraging. If you can sit back in the zone, I'm not saying this is going to happen every week, but if you can sit back in the zone uh, and 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 be that effective against the pass, boy, you can you can really unleash hell, to use a Mike Tomlin phrase.
1: <laughs> I love it. Not the most uh, effective Mike Tomlin phrase, but I still love it. <laughs> I, boy, I wish that would have worked that week because I know
0: because it would be so quotable, right?
1: Yeah, we'd have T-shirts with Unleash how It would have been awesome. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to bring it back on a week you know you're gonna win. Uh, So, (laughs) but you know, let's talk about the defense. And of course, I thought the defense was fantastic. You, you had the look of about like three to four Defensive Player of the Years for the AFC for the NFL on that field that day. But none was bigger to me than Minka Fitzpatrick, like you just mentioned, and. You know, they always say that imitation is the most most sincere form of flattery, but for me, when you get the middle finger thrown at you, <laughs> that's that's affirmation that you're doing your job right. Yeah. It, now, when you get knows. the double bird? The double bird, yeah. I mean, the <laughs> only it, thing that, that was missing was him crossing his arms at that <laughs> point. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's like the triple dog dare when you cross your arms. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you ever gotten the the finger whipped at you on the highway or on the interstate?
0: Uh, I definitely have. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: do you laugh when it happens? I do. I do. Because I usually think that's, that's that
0: guy's problem. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, unless I'm totally in the wrong, you know, which I'm not saying I haven't been, but I'm just saying
1: most of the time it's, it's that guy's problem. All I'm saying is that means that Minka was frustrating. One of the I mean, I'm telling you what, I think Jamar Chase is a phenomenal wide receiver. I think he is going to be talked about for years to come as one of the best. He's dangerous, and we saw that in that game. I mean, sometimes he could catch the ball at will, but Minka was making it tough for him. And he still had a fabulous game, but do you realize what he would have done if it wasn't for Minka? Yeah. And I think that that, I think the fact that the Steelers
0: were able to get into the Bengals heads a little bit was a huge factor in that game. They didn't, I mean, Joe Burrow's nickname is Joe cool, uh, but he didn't look like Joe cool. I mean, I didn't see him sort of outwardly lose his composure or anything like that, but the fact that he, he didn't really sort of uh, ever get into a a rhythm and and didn't really seem to uh, have a great flow to that offense tells you a lot. Obviously the Steelers, put pressure in his face all day They had you know, seven sacks. Um, he was very uncomfortable and uh, they were do, able to do things in, in that zone that, that, you know, either was confusing his reads or maybe wasn't exactly what Cincinnati anticipated from the Steelers. So uh, yeah, I mean the, the double bird is the ultimate sign of wearing your head and uh, it was great to see. Uh, especially considering how much the Bengals just dominated the Steelers last year and as Pittsburgh fans we are not used to that that's not something that we're used to Cincinnati dominating the Steelers and it was and it felt like it's going to be like this for a little while because this is a good young Cincinnati team it's a Pittsburgh team in transition and boy the Steelers flipped the script in week one
1: they absolutely did and you know in your heads one thing but it's a sign of respect in a way even though it's meant as disrespect from Jamar Chase but to me, it's respect because it's like, yep, I got you. I am in your head, but it's also that like I'm frustrating you and you can't, you can't not respect that is all right. I'm saying.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I, think, I think Jamar, you know, I, I'm sure professionally, there's the utmost respect between Jamar Chase and Mika Fitzpatrick. They're two, two of the best in the world at what they do. Uh, but Jamar Chase hasn't experienced the Steelers getting the better of him. And when he, you know, he was a rookie last year and Cincinnati, had their way so that was interesting to see just uh, and again it's going to build it's going to uh, add some some flavor for sure to the rematch
1: now i'm going to ask you what i think is a really tough question because i don't have an answer for this what steeler on defense had the worst game i don't know
0: you're right that's a tough question because when the defense does what pittsburgh's defense did they were out there they were out there for 100 plays I've never heard of that in a professional game. 94 plays that counted and six that were nullified by penalties. Uh, I've never heard about it. And three out of the Steelers' four defensive backs played 100 plays. Uh, Cam Sutton came off for one snap. I mean, it's just it's stunning that they were on the field that much and they gave up 20 points. That's it. Uh, and so it'd be really hard to identify – a worse player. The the whipping boy for the pre, in the preseason was Devin Bush. Devin Bush played a good football game. Yes, he, he did. He played downhill. I think that was the most encouraging thing that Devin Bush did not shy away from contact. He was decisive. Uh, he was physical. I mean, those are all the things that he's been criticized for uh, th- throughout the preseason and 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 back to last season. But you know, he didn't look he didn't look tentative. Uh, he now he got a great performance from Pittsburgh's front. So maybe Devin Bush playing behind the varsity front, as opposed to the JV front, which he played behind a lot last year, is uh, is making a big difference. And maybe playing along Myles, alongside Miles Jack, who is uh, the best the best linebacker that he's been paired with in his professional career, made a difference as well. So if the Steelers can can get that performance out of Devin Bush on a regular basis, that's going to greatly improve their defense.
1: And they're re-signing him.
0: Yeah, then yeah, then you get into that tricky right question yeah. mark about you know that's a that's another conversation
1: for sure. Yeah, but. and and that's that's for a long time from now. Yeah, but so on that defense, I you know I mentioned that there there could be a potential of three, four NFL defensive players of the year. Of course, we know it's not going to be T.J. Watt because missing all these games is probably going to hurt him unless he just comes back and has four sacks a game. But it's not about the individual performance. If you have all those guys contributing, then you're in really good shape. Alex Highsmith had a phenomenal game. How much does T.J. Watt's absence hurt Alex Highsmith?
0: So that's an interesting question because, like I said, I went back and I rewatched the game. And one of my thoughts was, okay, Highsmith is is doing so well because Cincinnati's double-teaming Watt or they're sliding the protection to him or they're they're overcompensating because Watt's just – a beast, um, and that really wasn't the case. I mean, there was a lot of, in, of instances where Watt was going one-on-one because who who could Cincinnati really overcompensate if they if they if they put the extra blocker or they slid the protection to Watt? Highsmith was winning a lot of one-on-one battles, and Cam Hayward was absolutely wrecking the middle of Cincinnati's offensive line, and so the Bengals didn't really have you know a lot of options in regard to to how they wanted to adjust their protection scheme uh, to compensate for Pittsburgh's pass rush which I mean I'm I'm clearly not suggesting that Alex Highsmith won't be affected by T.J. Watt's absence but Highsmith on his own was really really effective and so if he can continue to win one-on-ones and if the Steelers can just get you know, a reasonably competent performance out of Malik Reed, which I think that they will on the other, on the other side, I think Heisman is still going to do some really good things.
1: Wow. How much do you think that Malik Reed would have cost this week as opposed to two weeks ago? Boy, you you know, timing is everything, isn't it? Yep. Absolutely. So uh, uh, another win, as far as I'm concerned, by Omar Khan. Look, we could talk about how great the defense was all we want, but everybody wants to talk about the offense, and there's a lot of concern. What's your biggest concern with the offense right now?
0: <laughs> how much time do we have? What, is this, <laughs> this show going to go three hours today? Um, My biggest Well, it's clearly offensive line. I know everybody's talking about Trubisky, but for me, the Steelers have to be able to have some semblance of a tailback running game and they don't chase Claypool was their leading rusher. Um, And, and Matt Canada had to go deep into his, his Matt Canada bag of tricks uh, just to, just to get some semblance of a run game going because the Steelers just weren't able to push Cincinnati off the ball at all in the run game. Um, So I know, and I don't, I don't really know what the solution to that is. I mean, I, I think the solution is time which is an unsatisfying answer because people want to be able to say like, Hey, what can we do right now? That'll make a difference on Sunday against the Patriots. And I don't know if there's an answer to that because this offensive line had had never played as a unit an NFL game before Uh, those five guys together, they barely played uh, much in the preseason together. So, so they're going to take time to gel. And I mean, they're, they're, they're still learning each other and, And Canada, I think, is still pretty hamstrung with the scheme in terms of what he can do. We haven't we haven't seen any of the outside zone scheme, which everybody was anticipating. We haven't seen any real you know, counter gap or the lineman didn't pull much. I mean, there's a couple pin and pull sweeps, but mostly it was inside zone, inside zone, which just tells you like they're really trying to keep it simple uh because the line hasn't progressed far enough to be able to do anything much more beyond that. So so the line is my biggest concern. Now, yeah, we can get to Trubisky. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've got some thoughts on Trubisky, um, but you know, and I've got my own. But I don't think he's as big a problem as as getting some kind of a run game going.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you are when you don't have a run game going, there's a lot of less guys open. There's a lot of less opportunities for your quarterback because that run sets up the pass. As far as I'm concerned, I did not think Mitch was horrible. Did not think Mitch was good. I thought Mitch was. Average, teeter tottering each way.
0: Yeah, they didn't really give him much to do. I I, I looked at a uh, one of the next gen uh, hit charts on, on his throws. He had 38 throws, and of those 38 throws, 30 of them were to what I would co- what I would call like the the flat or the outside, uh, meaning like they they were throwing balls under 10 yards beyond the line of scrimmage, outside the hashes. All game long. They they never attack the middle of the field. And that what that what's that tell you? That tells you that they're taking quick throws and safe throws because they're fine, they're getting the ball out of his hand quickly. All those outside throws are throws that that open up right now. You're talking about three-step slants, you're talking about hitches, you're talking about quick routes to the flat. You're not talking about anything down the middle of the field, which takes longer to develop. Nothing, no Y cross, no mesh, no posts, no digs, nothing that really. Uh, puts the linebackers in a bind. The biggest thing I was hoping to see was the Steelers trying to like mess with the linebackers in the middle of the field, which is something they haven't done in a few years. Uh, high low in the backers, throwing over their heads, you know, run, running some of the shallow stuff to get the backers to jump up and then play actioning and going over top of the, of, of their heads. They didn't do anything. I mean, Trubisky had six play action pass attempts on, out of his 38 passes. Uh, you know, three of them were RPOs. And two of them were wide receiver screens off of, you know, quick running back fakes. So there was only one real, like, slow developing play action pass. And he wound up getting pressure on it and had to throw it out of bounds. So they didn't ask him to do much. And, uh, and, and in that framework, he did fine. And I know people don't want to hear that because a lot of people are like, he stunk. Um, but, like, what were they really asking him to do? The number one thing they asked him to do was, like, manage the offense and protect the football. And he didn't turn it over once. Without a, a plus five uh, turnover differential, the Steelers absolutely lose that game. So, you know, you could say, well, they had a plus five turnover differential. They should have scored 35 points and won that game easily. And you can make that case. But, but they asked him uh, to not turn it over. They ran an incredibly conservative game plan, and within the framework of that, yeah, he was okay. Uh, and that that's not real sexy, but uh, it was it was enough to to get a W in week one.
1: Real quick, before we get to New England, I want to ask you this question. Who was the best player on offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I actually have my vote. I'd like to hear yours. I thought it
0: was Pat Fryermuth. I thought Pat Fryermuth was excellent. I thought he blocked well. He was one of the few guys that I thought uh, did a nice job blocking when he was asked to block. And I thought he made some really smart plays. The play that he made, uh, I wrote an article about this for the website this week. and uh, I'm writing a, a column during the season now called Turning Point, where after every game, i kind of identify sort of the turning point in the game uh and and elaborate on that and i could have probably picked you know 10 different plays by the defense but in the end it came it came down to the steelers getting the ball with under a minute to play in overtime in a tie game pinned back on their own 20 and i just everybody i think thought oh this is a tie um but they were able to 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 come down the field and kick a field goal and and the biggest reason why is because on a free play where cincinnati jumped off sides on a third and one trubisky managed to kind of Turned it into a playground play and you know rolled his left and kind of throw one back across his body to the middle of the field and Frymuth made a great catch on it and for a, a you know 30 something yard gain. But Frymuth was not the main option. That that play Frymuth had, had a clear out. He was just supposed to clear out the linebacker. The Steelers were running a quick underneath route to chase Claypool just to get him enough yards to get the first down. So Frymuth cleared out the linebacker and then once he realized that it had turned into a scramble play. He managed to get down the field and then back over into Trubisky's sights. You know, he did a great job getting himself into a spot where Trubisky could find him, and, and Trubisky did so, and it turned out to be the biggest play of the game on offense. So I thought he, he it was a really smart play, like a veteran play from a guy who's only a second-year player, um, and I just thought he was excellent
1: all game long. I had one A and one B, and I'm not even sure where they were, but Frymuth was one of them. Okay. Chase Claypool was another one for me. I thought he had a phenomenal game. Do you see a lot of maturity in his game now?
0: Well, Steelers certainly put a lot on his plate. I mean, they definitely made him a focal point of the offense. He he ran all the jet sweeps, uh the reverses. He was run. He was the ma- the main receiver on a lot of plays. I just mentioned one, which was a huge play in the game when they had to convert third and one with less than a minute to go in overtime, and he was the primary receiver on that play. And um you know, yeah, I definitely think that they felt. I don't know if this was like to, they want to get him going early on, or they felt like, man, he he was the guy uh, that they felt most comfortable with. One or the other, but he, they certainly um, made him a focal point of the game plan, and that's encouraging because everybody knows what a talent he is, and uh, and if if he can kind of regain the track and the momentum that he seemed
1: to to gather his his rookie year, that would be awesome for the Steelers offense let's take a quick break and we will be right back and we're going to talk about the steelers opponent this week it's the hoodie coming to town bill belichick and the boys from boston well actually new england foxborough but i mean i like alliteration kevin so i'll be right back kevin will be right back we will see you on behind the here we go the steelers pregame show Look, man you've ever seen there I am on the subway train the two girls I- Welcome back to here we go the Steelers pregame show I am Brian Anthony Davis the gentleman in my speakers and in your speakers is the one and only kt Smith coach Smith. Good to talk to you. You had a great football weekend last week. Your Steelers won and your Raiders won. And when I'm talking about the Raiders, I'm talking about the Red Raiders, right?
0: Yeah. Good good week for us. We uh, we beat the defending state champs, a team that was 13-0 and last year. So uh, that was a, a big win for us on a Saturday. We uh, we were talking defense, right? And then we got a big one. I'm going to give a shout out to our junior linebacker, Roy Saluda. Uh, we were winning 14-7 with about five minutes to go. And other team had the ball driving down the field and Roy came up with a pick six, jumped a flat route, took it to the house to seal that one away. Heck of a play by a young man who was making his first ever varsity start. Uh, so very proud of him. So that was, that was exciting too, man. Defense was the theme of the weekend.
1: Well, I love to hear it. What's the theme of the weekend going to be when the Pittsburgh Steelers have their home opener at Acrisure stadium against the Patriots, Kevin.
0: So that's a good question. I mean, I, you're, you're talking about two bad offenses right now. the Steelers are are, are not a good offense not just yet yeah you know, they, they have maybe have the potential to be a decent offense but they certainly weren't last week and the Patriots were even worse you know New England was was flat out bad on offense against Miami uh, they turned it over three times they they really struggled to establish any kind of identity and I think identity might be might be the word of the week you know if you're asking for that or the theme of the week because I think the Steelers know who they are. they're a team. That is going to uh, play great defense, and on offense they're going to try to manage the game and and not turn it over and maybe make a big play where there's an opportunity, maybe one of those ca- uh, Canada gadgets, something along those lines. Uh, they're going to try to deceive you when they're on offense, and and that's just who they are right now. I don't know who New England is, and I don't know if New England knows who New England is. They're really a team in transition. They've got you know this sort of experiment going on on the on the uh, on, on offense with. Uh, three different guys that, that you know are kind of like calling, uh, calling the, the plays. Bill Belichick is calling it. Matt Patricia's got input, and Joe Judge has input. I mean, they're they're sort of like an offensive coordinator by committee there, and they're missing Dante Scarnecchia, their their longtime offensive line coach, who hasn't uh, you know hasn't been with them, and and the, the offensive line has been terrible. So I, I don't I don't know who, who if they know who they are. Mac Jones, their quarterback, is banged up. He he didn't practice thursday or friday because of sickness and and um you know we even i don't even know if they know who their quarterback's going to be so i, I don't I, I think the comforting thing for steelers fans going in is the steelers have an identity right now it might not be the identity everybody wants them to have they want them to have a better offense for sure but but they know who they are and what they want to do and i don't know if new england does and that's a weird thing to say isn't it about the new england patriots
1: absolutely because for so long it's going on 20 years now kevin
0: yeah, where you just know you knew who exactly New England was. They were the Belichick Brady Patriots, and and they're clearly a team in transition. And, uh, I you know, I may may this may we may be seeing right now with Bill Belichick. I don't want to like jump the gun on this because the guy is a, a coaching mastermind, but we may be seeing sort of the uh the the, the Chuck Null 80s with, with the Bill Belichick Patriots right now, just sort of the twilight of his coaching career as, as he goes through some change. I mean, this you know, when, the, when the Bradshaw, Swan, Stallworth, Lambert, Green, Steelers moved on, you know, Chuck Knoll kind of had to reinvent himself and, and they had some occasionally good teams like you and I have talked about in the past, but for the most part, it was a team that just never was good enough, uh, you know, to meet the, the success of their predecessors. And, and that may be where Belichick and the Patriots are right
1: now who's dangerous on offense right now because it seems like a no-name offense to me even with mac jones a name we know we don't know if he's going to play like you said uh he's had an illness he says he's ready to go from the injury last week but against a tough defense that might be a tough go for him who who leans on who and who's up next if mac doesn't go well brian hoyer's their
0: backup he's uh he's a journeyman he's been around forever um Bailey, uh, what's his last name? Bailey Zeppi? Zappi? Yeah. Uh, Zapper? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, something like that. I mean, he he kind of, you know, he was actually a guy who 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 made some starts for them last year. Um, but I think that that Hoyer Hoyer's listed as their number two on the depth chart. So if Jones doesn't go, I think Hoyer would be the guy. And 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 Hoyer will be a he'll be a, a game manager and he'll be a guy that'll they will probably. Try to you know get you know, establish a running game, get the ball out of his hand quickly, use some play action. They do have a couple of good tight ends. Hunter Henry, I think, is a really good tight end. Uh, he's been in the league for a while. And then they signed Jonu Smith in free agency, who was a guy I really was kind of hoping that the Steelers would sign. Uh, you know, when he became a free agent a couple of years back. Um, and he's their number two. And I think you'll see a lot of 12 personnel from them. Uh, I think Devontae Parker, the wide receiver, is pretty good. But they're just beat up on the offensive line. I mean, Trent Brown, the veteran, is a, is still a pretty good player. But he's been on the injury list. And he didn't even participate in practice for most of the week. And the center, uh, you know, David Andrews is a veteran. But, you know, he's a guy that's not, not healthy. And, you know, they're just struggling up front. And against that Steelers defensive front, which looked darn good last week, uh, it might be hard to establish the run if you're New England, and then that means they're going to have to lean on
1: uh, Jones if he's healthy, or Hoyer if if Jones can't go. That's absolutely true. That's a good point. Now on defense, the Patriots have always had good defenses. Now there, I mean, there's a lot of guys are retiring. They're they're getting hurt on that end. Is this defense anything close to what they once had? They're still they're still a solid defense. They're still a, Bel- a Bill Belichick
0: defense, but they're they're not a Bill Belichick defense with with top level talent. They've got some nice players. I mean Rayquan McMillan, uh, the inside backer, is a nice player, and uh, you know Devin McCourty's still there. Uh, Jalen Mills is a pretty good corner, uh, um, you know, and I, they got they got a couple of decent run stoppers. Um, but you know Matthew Judon again, the outside backer. I mean he, he's a he's a nice player, so they can get after it. On defense, Um, I just don't know. I just don't know if the defense is good enough to really carry them like the Steelers defense was good enough to carry them last week, uh, standing up time and time again after the offense was unable to move the football or or cash in on a gift that the defense provided. I don't know if New England's defense is that good. But then again, you know, how good is the Steelers offense? So I I think the punters better, uh, better stretch really well before the game on Sunday.
1: (laughs) <laughs> so who on the Steelers needs to really shine on the offensive side of the ball I mean of course it's Mitch but and we know that with the quarterback but is is he the key to this whole thing
0: well he is to a degree but I think the Steelers really want to try to get a run game going I I I thought Najee Harris looked rusty I'll be honest I didn't I didn't think he looked sharp on on Sunday now he didn't have a lot of you know gaping holes to run through but but I didn't. I thought he looked a little bit slow and, and a little late to recognize some cuts, and uh, he didn't really have have much of a burst uh, when he did. So you know, he's he's still a little bit hobbled by that foot injury. But he just didn't get many reps at all during the preseason. And Then he only got ten carries in the game. I think the Steelers would love to get Najee Harris going. Uh, if they can do that, then Mitch's life gets a whole lot easier. Then. Then, you know, maybe the play-action game opens up and now you get Trubisky out of the pocket. I think the Steelers would love to get Trubisky out of the pocket a little bit more. Um, But, you know, that doesn't have to rely upon an effective inside run game, but it sure would make it a little bit easier. Uh, so I think it's a big day for for Najee, and he's the guy. If I had to pick one guy on the Steelers, like when when the game's over with, and 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 we're looking back on the offense, we're like, oh man, you know who had a great game on offense? If we're if we're looking back saying Najee Harris had a great
1: game on offense, I think the Steelers, it's a Steelers win. Kevin, have you ever seen a lot of nuns in your life? uh that's an odd question
0: brian um have i ever seen a lot of nuns about well i went to gettysburg college and there's a there's a seminary school you know right down the street so i mean does that count
1: (laughs) yeah i mean that i mean if you've seen if you've been in contact and seen nuns that's that's a good question now let me ask you this how many times have you seen nuns with earrings or nose rings i'm gonna say none none okay nuns have more holes in their face than Najee Harris had to run through on Sunday. <laughs>
0: that, was, <laughs> that was a good setup. You, you, I didn't know where you were going with that at all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so who on the offensive line do you think really stepped up last week and can do it again this week? Who's the key?
0: Well, it's a it's a unit. yeah, uh, you know, I thought the I thought the pass protection was pretty good. I mean Trubisky really wasn't under a lot of pressure last week. I I know people talked to have said things like, Oh, we, he didn't have time to step into his throws, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know, man. I there there were a lot of quick throws, but they weren't asking him to, to take very deep drops. It was a lot of catch and, and rock and throw. Uh and you know, maybe you shouldn't have pressure in your face right away when, when that happens and he did occasionally, but for the most part, the pass protection held up fairly well so i mean the 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 line has as a unit um you know they got to be able to rely on them to be able to push the ball deeper down the field in the passing game but you know like your joke just uh insinuated i mean they they need to open up some holes on offense i mean i would really like to see the steelers get more creative with their personnel groups i was kind of surprised that uh how infrequently we saw them use two tight end sets fullbacks Connor Hayward you know, I don't know if he played a snap I don't remember even seeing him out there um I thought that we would see a little bit the Steelers mix and match a little bit more uh, and I guess I guess as the you know they, they built a lead they had that 17 to 3 lead and then they I think they got conservative on offense I think they said to themselves all right let's just not lose the game on offense now that we have this lead uh and they probably just you know didn't go very deep into the game plan. So I'll be interested to see if it's a close game on Sunday, how deep they go, because I'm anticipating more use of tight ends, fullbacks, H backs, uh, and, and a lot of the stuff that, you know, Canada did as a college coordinator to help out the offensive line, get trying to get an extra blocker at the point of attack, trying to get maybe into some unbalanced formations to outman or out leverage New England, that kind of stuff. We didn't really see much of that against Cincinnati.
1: All right, as we get ready to wrap this up, what's your prediction and who's your dude of the week? I think the the Steelers are going to win. I I, I feel fairly
0: confident. And and the moment that actually I just said that, I thought, (laughs) the moment I just said that, I thought back to last year where the Steelers went on the road, upset Buffalo in a game that nobody thought that they were going to win and then came home to play the Raiders and everybody like, ah, home opener, they got the momentum, they're going to win. And they played terribly in that game and lost to Las Vegas. And I, I would hate to see the same thing, th- same thing happen. So I hope I'm not jinxing them. But I, I just feel as though they're they're really playing great team defense right now, even without out T.J. Watt. And the fact that they didn't go very deep into the playbook on offense last week means that there's an awful lot that they didn't show. And so maybe maybe that comes out this week. I don't think they're going to light it on fire on offense, but I think they'll do enough to win. So I'm going to put it around 20 to 16 or so, Steelers. All right,
1: that's a pretty good score. So what with you that be? Well, I'm uh, actually gonna. Well, my prediction. I'm looking at the Steelers winning this game, 27 to 16. Okay. Oh, you got it. You got them a little more comfortable than me. Yeah, I, I, I just threw that out. I didn't have it prepared. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your dude of the week? Oh, it's Mika.
0: Make us my dude of the week, man. He, 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 that, that, his performance, 14 tackles, 10 solos, the interception pick six, and then the biggest play of the entire game, which is just, that's just a gut, heart, effort. I don't want to lose this damn football game play. That is just one guy willing his team to victory. That, that blocked extra point at the end there was just so stunning. Uh, and I, I know, you know, I know people talked about since I didn't have their long snapper, et cetera, et cetera. Fine. But still, the play he makes uh, is just is just total guts and effort. That's the play. That, that's a, that's the play that a team captain makes. That's the play a guy who you say, like, oh, we need Minka to make a play. And he makes it. So, yeah, he is hands down my dude of the week.
1: Absolutely. There's no nowhere I'd go other than that. And you forgot about the double bird.
0: The double bird, right?
1: That's inside a stat. case, set. That that's
0: a stat, stat.
1: Double birds drawn. <laughs> PFF's gonna have that. How many middle fingers yeah. you received? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Kevin. It's been a fantastic. It has definitely been a fantastic show. We appreciate. It. I'm really looking forward to this week. I hope you're right, as always. I really think. Uh, I really think the Steelers have something special, but they're gonna have to claw. And we saw them claw, and if they can continue to do that, this is a team that I think that keep, can keep their heads up and not have the ego and not expect to win. Go out and just will themselves to win. And go out and win that way. So I'm excited. Make sure you go ahead and check out Let's Ride from this morning and our slate of weekend shows. A lot of great weekend shows coming up. Another episode of We Run the North tomorrow. Another episode of State of the Steelers. Another episode of touchdown under and another episode of the six pack, but the big show this weekend you got to get ready for is definitely going to be the Steelers post game show. It's going to be with Dave Schofield, Brian Anthony Davis, who's me and Jeff Hartman as we hopefully recap a win with that being said. Great show, Kevin. Thanks so much, buddy. Yes, sir. Uh, good luck. All Steelers fans, man. Let's uh, get the tar- terrible towels. Fine. And good luck to your team this weekend as well, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right, for Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been here we go, the Steelers pregame show. Kevin, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the boys.